What do we do when we find ourselves overwhelmed by our own dreams, goals, and visions? People say the sky's the limit, but what happens if those endless possibilities instead give us a whole lot of anxiety? And how do we deal with that? Well, we're going to be talking all about that on today's episode of Real Talk. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Real Talk with Kane Adams. I'm super excited about this podcast. I've been thinking about it for a while, and uh, and this is the first episode, and we're just giving it a crack, really, and we're going to see how we go. Uh, the idea of this podcast is bringing together therapy and theology. So uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of topics that relate to therapy, topics like boundaries, self-awareness, um, forgiveness, anxiety, envy, pain, uh, personality, and all sorts of those kind of topics. And then I'm going to kind of bring them together with theology and talk about how the Bible can back up a lot of those topics and a lot of the keys that we talk about with those topics. And so that's what the podcast is about uh, in a nutshell, really. And so today's episode, we're going to be talking about dreams and visions, but I'm going to be doing it in a bit of a, bit of a different angle or, or taking it a little differently to what people have kind of done it in the past. So let's get into it. When it comes to dreams and goals, uh, you often hear, whether it's through social media or through Christian leaders around the world or any leaders really, um, about the importance of dreaming big. It's important to dream big, have big goals, have big dreams, have big visions. The sky's the limit. The world is your oyster. Uh, all those kind of things. I think about um, Back to the Future uh, that quote from George McFly, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. And it's true. I mean, it's important to dream big. I mean, the Bible talks about it in the book of Proverbs that um, where there is no vision, people perish. But what happens is we often focus a lot about the dream and even perhaps ex uh, achieving the dream from an external point of view. But very rarely do we talk about achieving the dream from an internal point of view. And what do I mean by that? Well, mainly that... Um, how do we tackle the the anxiety and the sense of overwhelm that we feel when we're thinking about these dreams or when we're trying to achieve these dreams? Because what happens is we have the dream that we become so passionate about and so excited about, uh, but then at, at some point there's going to be a crossover point where we go from dreaming about the dream to actually taking steps in, of action to turning it into a reality. And what happens is that once we pass that crossover point where we turn these dreams into a reality, we can be overcome and confronted with a lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure to have to fulfill the dream, uh, and it can be quite uncomfortable and can put us off and, and make it very difficult. So uh, so the problem that we're going to be talking about today is why do we feel that pressure and how do we reduce it? Why do we feel anxious about it and how do we reduce that, that those feelings of anxiety? So the first step when it comes to uh, reducing the anxiety around the dreams that you're dreaming about, is to disconnect your dreams from your identity. You need to just you need to disconnect your dream from your identity. Why? Well, what happens is when we dream, uh, and certainly once we pass that crossover point, like I talked about, and and start to actually put action to these dreams, is that we can experience a massive fear of failure. And it's not so much a fear of the failure of the dream, but I think often it can be more the fear of failure in ourselves. And, and, and when we 
feel that if the dream fails, that we fail in who we are as a person, then we have connected the dream to our identity, which is a very dangerous thing to do. Um, I think a lot of creators can fall into this. Uh, I know I have myself in the past fall, fallen into this where uh, as a creative, when you're thinking about art, you know, whether it's creating music or creating art or creating architecture or or, or, or um, clothing or dance or drama or whatever it is in the arts field, often what happens is we see the creativity that we possess as an extension of our identity. So what happens is that someone may come along and critique or criticize our creativity or our art that we create, and we take it very personally as a critique on who we are as a person. Uh, and creatives can become very flustered and, and very offended, for the lack of a better word, uh, at the critique. And the problem there is not the person critiquing, but the fact that the creative has connected their identity to the creativity, uh, which it needs to be separated. And so this is what happens with dreams and with goals. So when we connect, make that connection, uh, if we achieve the goal or achieve the dream, then we can be on cloud nine and we can be super stoked. We can be absolutely over the moon. Uh, and feeling great about ourselves. But if we fail at the dream, then not only do we feel bad or, or, or feel awful about the dream failing, but we can feel so down about ourselves and depressed uh, and feel like we're worthless um, because we've connected that dream to our identity. Uh, and that's not a healthy way to live at all. So where do we get our identity from? And this is where we start to bring in the theological point of view of it. We read in Genesis 2 verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Uh, and so right from there, from the beginning of Genesis, uh, we can see that God has given us worth right from the beginning. That even not, and, and it's not even inherently from when we were born, but even before we were born. The Bible talks about how we were knitted in our mother's womb and, and how he thought about us before the foundations of the world. So... In God, we have inherent worth, inherent value, uh, simply because we are human and simply be because we are made in His image. And that is something that cannot be earned. It's not something that cannot be received after you've been born or or that you can uh, achieve in life in your own merits or own strengths. But it is something that you hold and possess right from the beginning of time and from when you were born. Uh, which that in itself is incredibly comforting. Um now, I want to read also from Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 5, because this is a really important point to note as Christians. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. And I want to make a really important distinction here. There's a difference between having worth and then there's a difference uh, between having worth and being worthy. There's a difference between having worth and being worthy. Um, so just because we have inherent worth in God doesn't mean that we're automatically worthy in His sight. What do I mean by that? Well, because of the sin virus that entered the world through Adam and Eve and has gone down through generation to generation all the way to us, uh, because the commandments uh, uh, and the requirements of the law were impossible to uphold in our own strength, uh, none of us are worthy to be uh, seen in God's presence or are worthy to be reconciled uh, to the Father and none of us are worthy of eternal life based on our own strength and merits. Um, but of course, God loves us far too much to leave us in that state. 
that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to, to die on a cross for us as the substitute for our sin, as atonement for our sin, so that we could be reconciled back to the Father and be made worthy in his sight. So those are two points that we can really hold on to as Christians, that we have worth inherently uh, from before we were born in God because we are made in his image, but also we are made worthy through Jesus Christ because of what he has done for us on the cross. What has that got to do with dreams and visions? Well, that is our identity. As Christians, that's what we hold on to when it comes to our identity, uh, that there is nothing that we need to prove. There's nothing that we need to do in order to earn the, 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 the a- approval or acceptance of God, but rather that we have that inherent worth and that inherent love from him because we are made in his image and we are made worthy through Jesus Christ. And when we allow that truth to bury deep into our hearts and into our spirits, uh, it can greatly, greatly reduce the anxiety when it comes to achieving dreams. Why? Because we have nothing to prove. Uh, and because if we achieve the dream or if we fail at the dream, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because we still have our identity and we still have our worth and our value. Okay? So that's the first thing that we need to do when it comes to achieving our dreams is to disconnect our dreams from our identity. All right, number two, we need to get realistic about what you want to achieve in life. Okay, get realistic about what you want to achieve in life. Um, I think a great example of this one would be American Idol. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it before and you'd be familiar with the audition process that goes through at the beginning of the show. We have people come in and some of them are amazing singers and they make it all the way to the end. Uh, But of course, there are a lot of them who are not amazing at all, um, rather than you know, the opposite. And whenever they attempt to sing, they sound like dying cats and their family and their parents are far too uh, afraid uh, or nice to tell them the truth. Uh, But instead they encourage them and set them up for failure basically without knowing. Uh, And so these these people that go through life thinking that they can sing, everyone is telling them that they can sing. And so they go into the American Idol, um, they sing and the judges tell them the truth. Uh, that they can't sing to save themselves. And instead of graciously accepting it, um, they they explode. <laughs> you know, they say, I'm going to be a superstar, you know. Uh, you don't know how to sing. You haven't had any singing lessons. I can sing better than you. You don't know what you're talking about. And they explode. Uh, and these people are deluded, unfortunately, uh, because they've been sold a lie that they can sing when in fact they can't sing, them, uh, sing to save themselves. So... There's something to think about when it comes to dreams and visions. So there are two questions that you can ask yourself when it comes to uh, whether your dreams are realistic or not. And and the first one is this. Um, do I have the skills or could I realistically acquire the skills to be able to achieve this dream? And the second one is, am I willing to pay the price to achieve this dream? Because every dream has a price attached to it. Uh, you, it's always going to cost you something. Um, and a lot of people are not, they don't count the cost when it comes to achieving the dream. I see it all the time, you know, people who put out these outlandish uh, uh, New Year's resolutions sometimes, and, and, and they say, you know, I'm going to do this or that, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, are you, are you, have you really thought about that? I'm not quite sure. And some of them have, and, and, and you know, um, all power to them, but there's a lot of people who just simply have not thought about the cost and the price that it's going to cost you to be able to achieve those dreams. And of course, whether or not they even have the skills. So when it comes to dreaming something, do you have the skills or could you realistically acquire the skills to achieve this dream? And 
uh, are you willing to pay the price uh, for achieving those dreams? Uh, an example would be, for example, like, you know, me becoming an all black, obviously unrealistic. One, because I do not have the skills at all to play rugby at an international standard, let alone any standard. Um, and I'm certainly not willing to pay the price. Uh, too much physical activity for me. So it's obviously, it's just not realistic. But when it comes to, say, my, uh, creating an album, for example, um, that's something I've done in the past many times. I've, I've produced a lot of music. Uh, and so an album would be a very easy uh, dream for me to achieve. I've got the skills to do it. Uh, and I'm at a point where I could quite easily pay the price and be willing to do it. Um, and so that's a dream that, that I could do. So that's what I mean. So that's the second point, okay? Get realistic about what you can achieve in life. So number one, disconnect your dreams from your identity. Number two, get realistic about what you can achieve in life. Number three, uh, and this is the title of the message as well, reduce your ambition to manageable tasks. This is really important. Reduce your ambition to manageable tasks. And some would think, well, that's quite an interesting title, isn't it? Reduce your ambition. Because normally you'd probably be told that you want to increase your ambition, be as ambitious and as bold as you possibly can be. But the problem with that is that's when we can become so unbelievably anxious and overwhelming is because we are dreaming far too ambitiously. And so sometimes when it comes to your dream, it actually takes just reducing your ambition a bit. Take it step by step. You don't have to look at the end goal and, and be so daunted by it because that's what happens. I know that's what happens to me is that when I dream about something, I can look at the end goal and be so daunted by the vastness of it and and by the hugeness of the goal without looking at the steps that it takes to get there. And it's just far too overwhelming. It's too much. Uh, and so, you know, I suppose I can think about that quote um, that I'm sure you've heard. How do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. And it's the same with dreams and goals as well, is that you look at the final uh, product of the goal or the final outcome of the goal, and then you work backwards. You work out, okay, well, how can we get there? How can we take it step by step? And then you just simply look at the next step um, and, and you go from there step by step. An example of this would be this podcast. <laughs> you know, when, when I had the idea of doing this podcast, I was very much overwhelmed by it uh, and anxious about it too, um, about everything that, that I needed to do, particularly when I looked at references of, of other people. You know, I needed to work out how to record it, work out how to film it, work out how to light it, where I'm going to film it, the studio. Uh, I've got to work out the editing process, how to edit the video, how to edit the audio. Um, then I've got to look at marketing. How am I going to market it? Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, uh, and all this kind of stuff. And it's unbelievably overwhelming. And so even for myself, as an example, I had to do exactly this, reduce my ambition, uh, take it step by step, and understand that it's a journey. And so how, I, how do I do that? Well, I start by saying, okay, brainstorm an idea for an episode. Okay, do some brainstorming. Great, you've done that. Good. Um, now start to write the episode. Okay, so I've done that. Good. All right, have a go practicing the episode. Okay, practice it. Okay, good. Done that. Next step. Um, have a go recording the episode. And you're literally just taking it step by step. And as you reduce that ambition and not put so much pressure on yourself to have to achieve this audacious goal tomorrow, um, then that in itself as well can greatly reduce the anxiety that you feel when it comes to your dreams. So there you have it. Those are three steps to reducing the anxiety you feel when it comes to dream. Number one, disconnect your dreams from your identity and know your identity in God. 
Number two, uh, get realistic about what you actually want to achieve in life. Uh, and then number three is reduce your ambition to manageable tasks. So when you do those three things, I think you'll find that you'll reduce the anxiety greatly that you feel when it comes to your dreams and visions. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on Real Talk with Kane Adams. We're going to have a whole lot of fun with many, many episodes to come. Looking forward to seeing you at the next one.